0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Well Played Podcast, the podcast all about playful learning. Together, we explore games, game mechanics, and the power of learning through play. With me, I have Adam Powley, and his Twitter handle is at Mr. Powley. Adam and I are digging into the Well Played Mailbag and grabbing out questions from the community. Before we get started, Adam, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself?
1: Ah, Thanks for having me on. Uh, I am a American history teacher in uh, South Carolina, and uh, I'm also the host of uh, XP Lab Camp. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to have people come by. Uh, I believe we're going to be having a special guest or two here soon, and uh, we have a theme every week that we like to chat about uh, in a slow chat format.
0: What's this week's theme?
1: Uh, I believe this week, uh, Carrie's going to be stopping by, and we're going to be talking about sketch noting. Uh, and we have a, uh, we're going to do a back to basics here pretty soon and uh, start talking about uh, SAP rewards and, and those kinds of things.
0: Awesome. So if you haven't done so, check out the XP, lap, well, hashtag XP lap camp. It is a slow chat. That's a question a day. And I believe 6, 6am 6 you put out the new question.
1: Yeah. I try to post uh, Eastern time, 6, uh, 6 in the morning and repost it at 6 in the afternoon and uh, encourage people to thread their posts and to uh, link to other interesting articles that we might want to chat about.
0: Nice. Well, uh, again, my name's Michael Matera. I love, love, love learning through play and playful learning, presenting on it. And I've been fortunate enough lately to be presenting kind of all over the place. I've been to Ohio in the last week and Washington, D.C. So it's just, I feel honored and privileged to share these things out with people all over the United States and and the world.
1: Yeah, I've been seeing that. Congratulations. Uh,
0: Thank you. So today, like first question out of the mailbag, boom, we all know this is just digital and I'm not actually pulling it out. But it is from Lisa Hunt, and her Twitter handle is at Lisa54935. I guess there's a lot of Lisas out there. Uh, Her question is... Uh, what do you do? You know, she, she definitely hinted and admitted that I am not a big proponent of mixing grades and XP. There is a time and place. And sh- her question is if you were to mix XP with grades, how best to do it?
1: Well, I think, uh, your, your well-played you podcast, uh, was last week, week before, uh, really was interesting. And as I was listening to it, um, I thought that the last half really kind of touched on what she's getting at, which was where you started talking about uh, Lee Sheldon and, and the way that um, his Multiplayer Classroom book really touches on um, using XP as a way to, uh, to grade. And um, I actually use a, a version of XP grading um, in my room as a way to show progress and growth. And uh, students start off with zero and they build their way up uh, to, to getting the grade that they want. It is a lot of planning. And I think that that uh, is a difficult element of it. But I think there's a couple of things that you really want to avoid if you're going to do that. Uh, in in my class, I try to pair it with mastery learning. So um, students go, don't get the experience points until they've really demonstrated the skill that, they, uh, that I'm shooting for. So they have to be able to analyze a primary source, or they have to you know, differentiate between primary and secondary. Um, but I try to avoid all behavioral uh, penalties you know, so I don't take off for late work. I have a different mechanic for that. Um, I don't, uh, give them points for getting things signed and turned in. So it, uh, it's a little difficult, but I think it does show the students where they stand in the class, uh, from the beginning to the end. Uh, nice. how, how do you handle that?
0: Uh, so I think as Lisa pointed out, I don't typically mix grades. <laughs> like, I mean, I, a statement I say to my students all the time is game points do not equal grade points. Um, because i i want to free myself up from from the trappings that come with grades right i mean then my feedback has to be on point uh parents could get involved then i mean i can look anyone in the eye and say like it you know the game has no bearing on the grade and for me that really helps i will admit there are some times where it does dovetail a little bit and that is when we do things that are fairly substantial i sometimes will give xp but it's it's like a bonus. Like, and again, it's, it's not attached to their grade in that they have to reach such an XP like Lee Sheldon. Uh, it's just more of a bonus. Like this was a huge project. You guys all did a lot. So, you know, what? I'm going to also throw into the leaderboard, you know, this is worth 500 XP as well as your grade, which you're going to get a separate grade over there in that grade book. But, um, yeah, I keep those pretty separate. I did for about half the years, and actually this this year included, uh, the only grade piece that's connected is my badging system. I have uh, two different types of badges. One I call mini badges, and one I call leader badges. And leader badges, this goes with my theme. Each unit of study, I pick one like famous leader, and that's the leader badge you can get for that unit. You have to go on a side quest, and it has to be exceptionally done. I mean... It, Think like a project. Think like they slaved away and it had a rubric, and they turned in this amazing thing. They would get a leader badge. Uh, we give grades every semester, so we're not on quarter grades. And yeah, we're in similar. By the end of that semester, to get an A, you have to have at least one leader badge. And I say it's just the keys to the door. It doesn't mean you're getting an A, but you know you need to have you need to have the keys if you get to that door. And for that. It's a leader badge, and by and large, the students are okay with it. Because I mean, I just really try to demonstrate that to get an A means you've really mastered this. You've you've put yourself out there. You're curious. You're inquisitive. You're you know you persevere through challenges. You know, and an A shouldn't just mean that all you did was complete what you had to do. Mm-hmm. And they they tend to agree.
1: I think that um, the. The XP is the grade is, is one category. I also have a gold category, which is where I do a lot of the stuff that you just talked about. So if a student does exceptionally well, they can earn gold in order to uh, purchase power cards, which uh, can give them different experiences in the class, or they can kind of go on different types of activities and missions.
0: That's awesome. Uh,
1: I also have a leaderboard, but it's not really a leaderboard. It, I call it a ranking board. Um, my my son does karate, and I love their their belt system.
0: Sure. So
1: in order to rank up, they have to have a minimum number of XP, but it's not tied into the grade. It just um, they have to do a uh, just a very quick like content test. So it's like a 10 question quiz, and then the students also have to do a performance task. So some skill that we've been working on. If they pass both of those. Then they can move up from, I use ties because I like bow ties. Uh, so they can move up from like a white tie to a, a yellow tie or a yellow bow tie. And um, then that is becomes sort of my leaderboard. And I tell my students with uh, rank comes privilege. So they can carve <laughs> up a little section of the classroom that's their territory. Um, they also can start forming guilds as they start ranking up. So it's more of a choice based um, and I know that one of the concerns with uh, tying XP into grades is that uh, it's going to uh, force the students to play. Mm-hmm. And and I do think that that's there as well. So um, there is a voluntary element to the rest of the, the class, that, the way that I teach that. Yeah. So a student can get a great grade without playing the game at all. It's just that by playing the game, they get a, a different experience.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to separate it. So are we ready to pull out number two? Yep, We're bring it on. Going to rustle through that digital bag and pull out the next one here. The next one comes from Sean Dugan-Stout, uh, Teach for Thought. is his uh, Twitter handle. Uh, also has been a guest on Well Played. His question is, what is yours and my's favorite student mechanic to use within our classroom? What do you got?
1: Right now my favorite mechanic is one that I started this year and it's my heart-based late system. So every student starts off with three hearts at the beginning of the year. Uh, And I'm also on a semester schedule. So I'll see my students, uh, we only meet every other day. So I'll end up seeing them probably about 40 times in a semester. And when I have something that has to have a due date, uh, it's a homework assignment or they have to watch a recorded lecture, whatever it is that we needed to do, if they turn it in late, they lose a heart. Um, if they lose two hearts on the next test, they don't get to use this special power that they have. So maybe they have the the ability to use a cheat sheet or they have the ability to ask me a question on the test. And if they have enough hearts, they have the power to do that. But if they run out of hearts, they're too weak to use that special power. So they don't get to use that. Um, I was nice. a little nervous how that would work in the class. Uh, but I have students, uh, I have an all-time high on my completion rate on things, and uh, students are, if they do hand in something late, not only do they have to complete the assignment, but they have to do an extra little vocabulary assignment, and uh, I've been really surprised at how uh, successful that's been. Students are handing things in late, but they're also doing extra work.
0: It's been very good. Nice. I This year, I started a heart system as well, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, I actually started with three sort of currencies well four if you count my gold but there's i have hearts or strength and uh, magic and uh, knowledge and it has been really nice and <laughs> it gives a boatload of more items that you could make that you know each time you add a currency to your game especially you guys out there that are doing year-long games each currency just affords you 10 15 20 new items you can build around that currency so you know keep that in mind uh as i
1: slip in a question on you yeah Uh, i'm i'm always concerned that uh my game is getting too complicated Do you ever feel like that
0: uh i will suggest for those of you who have gone down this path and been down this path for a while you should have one of your summers you should take to prune your game (laughs) Mine happened to be this summer. So after, after five years of just adding, 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 adding adding, this summer, I trim, 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 trim. And I think the experience is better for both myself and the students. Um, yeah, the game, it wasn't that the game got like too big in terms of class time. I don't want anybody to be left with that impression. It just became really clunky. Like they didn't, they, you didn't always you couldn't even see some of the strategies or some of the combos. Some of my items didn't work anymore because I no longer do that thing like I used to do traditional grading and now I do standard based grading. So some of my items that did things around traditional grading no longer apply. But yet I still have them in my binder and I'd still sometimes hand them out and a kid would be like, What what am I supposed to do with this?
1: So it's like in an old trading card game, like in Yu-Gi-Oh! the first edition doesn't really work anymore. Something yeah. like that.
0: You just got to, at some point you got to shed and then because of that, you'll start to see like new combinations that come out, um, cleaner mechanics that can be applied. Uh, so yeah, I I would suggest a pruning, but for many of you who are just getting started, I mean, like you don't, (laughs) you don't obviously need to prune if it's just your first year or maybe even second year, you know, just keep building because you want to have almost like the free write, you know, when an English teacher says just write for like 30 minutes solid. You can care you can worry later about what's good and not good, but we just want a lot of stuff on paper. I do feel
1: like my students have told me what to keep and what not to as well. So at the end of every year they they kinda say, We really like this and and this didn't work so well.
0: Yeah. So that's been helpful too. Listen, you know, just listen to your students, definitely. Um, so I hope well that's so that's yours we haven't talked about my favorite that's right your
1: favorite mechanic go ahead
0: (laughs) that's really hard because i am digging some of the new mechanics like you said the heart magic this kind of thing Um, i've been redoing all of my items to to fit this new mechanic and style Um, but still hands down my favorite always always is i love anything that has sort of a mystery element to it so easter eggs always come up high on my like favorite things to do um and I can, we can be talking about traditional Easter eggs of just hiding things, you know, in the classroom or on your website, or less traditional Easter eggs where, I mean, like right now my students are in the middle of this adventure path, which is a built mystery, you know, like that they get one clue to get to the next clue to unlock the next clue, almost like a breakout box minus the mm-hmm. box. I mean, it's just a bunch of challenging questions that unlock the next password to the next stage. Um, and I mean, they just love it. And that's that same mystery element, that same like challenge out there. I just love anything to do with exploring and finding that sense of discovery is just so fun.
1: Oh, that is fun. I I've been hiding my, uh, my little power cards around the building. At, I have every junior, we're very small school. We only have about 400 kids. So I have every junior, uh, throughout the year and I just hide the little cards around the building and, nice. uh, I have probably a dozen kids that, uh, they will, they are scouring the building every day and, uh, they're coming to me asking when I'm going to put out more. And, uh, it, it's always students that I'm surprised by and it's like never the students that are the, the, the high students that, you know, want to get every grade, but, uh, they are so hooked because of that mystery element. Uh, yeah, the Easter eggs are a great choice.
0: Do you just a spin on that? I have been known to hide some items in our library and stuff like that, um, do you sign the items?
1: Um, I don't sign the items. Oh, uh, but I, have, I do have one card that I just started hiding out because people were hoarding cards. Uh, so this one, uh, the student has, it, they sign their name on the back. And um, they have to re-hide it. And then everybody that signs their name on the back, uh, the last person on the list, whoever wants to be the last person, will bring it to me. And if they answer a question right... Everybody on the list gets uh, a multiple of ten of, of gold. So there's ten. Oh, sticks. that's
0: so awesome! I hope everybody yeah, just had, wrote that down. That is, that is, a, <laughs> that is a genius idea.
1: So I had one student bring it to me and ask, you know, what the question was. I told her, if you rehide this card, hopefully there's going to be another ten kids that that sign that qu- that card and come back to me. Nice. So instead of ten, they get a hundred pieces.
0: So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, no, I was asking if you sign it because. Uh, what I would do, just like you said about collectible card game, I would sign only the ones I hid. And then, you know, then that's another feature you can play with down the road. You could say like sign cards are worth more, do more, or, uh, it's also just nice validation for you that you're like, Oh, they, you know, this is one that's, of the found items.
1: A, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I used to hide items in books and then I'd come back a year later and <laughs> they would still be there. But that's it.
0: Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, just a simple little sign there. All right. The next question uh, comes from J Van Escoy C. It's uh, at J V A N S C O Y O C. Comes to uh, XP Lap every week. Love seeing you, Justin. Uh, we have a question from him. He says, do you have any students that assist you with the game? You know, as the game, you know, cause both of us do physical cards, you know, do you, do, do you, are they running the bank for you? Is, are, is there any student helper in your game?
1: Uh, right now I, Oh, hi, Justin. Um, <laughs> I think he's, uh, hopefully getting some sleep here pretty soon. I think, uh, if this is the same Justin. I think he just, uh, had a, had a new baby, so. Oh, congratulations. Um, yeah, congratulations. Um, no, I, I don't have a student right now, but I am trying to work a system where I can have a dice master. Um, I do have a, um, a, a lot of dice mechanics. And it gets a little overwhelming sometimes for me to walk around the room and have people roll the die. So I'm, I think I'm going to have an election here for in each class. So the, uh, the most trustworthy student is going to be the die master, who uh, when a student wants to play that card to, to roll my 20-sided die, Um, they can, um, yeah, they, they go to that student instead and it'll be their, their job.
0: That's a good idea. Cause uh, I have a, similarly, I have a dice mechanic in several of my things and it's hard because other students are coming to me, handing in late work and this stuff. And then some other kids like, can I roll for this item? It, It gets a little tough. That's a really good tip and suggestion. Um, for me, uh i don't give over too much to the students but every year i have i post in my castle like it's trying to be thematic that there's a a thing i post called king's helper and it's like a teacher assistant or whatever that's going to help me do some things in the class Um, they do get paid in the game but it's not like a weekly payment it fits my theme it's more of a like the king sort of decides to sort of pay out whenever the king decides to pay out. And it just sort of re- recollects that like, hey, Adam, you've done a lot for me. I'm going to give you a lot. Hey, Susie, you have not done a lot. Like, I'll give you a little bit. Um, what I usually give over for them to do is a lot of like putsy stuff, you know, like the cutting of items, cutting of badges. Um, and there's some trust there because like they're usually doing it in the sort of back room I have. I mean, they could be taking an item. I don't know about it. Um, but it is super helpful because at least at 6th grade level they want to help me and I'd, I, and if I had to cut I think this year especially because I'm redoing all my items so I mean in past years you'd still have this booklet of tons of items and I wouldn't have to print many but now I mean literally every item is getting remade, reprinted, recut so my old game had probably 160 items and sort of Print that and cut that would be terrible for me
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way uh, going through that process right now, too Um, when you phrase it that way framing the question that way I start my room uh, at the beginning of the year um, I have uh, nothing on my walls except a timeline and What the students job is is as they're creating things for the class uh, maybe they're making a mosaic about the Monroe Doctrine or they're making a propaganda poster for something. Um, the, 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 the best examples of that get placed up on the timeline. So at, throughout the year, we're starting in the colonial era and we will work our way all the way to uh, the modern era. Um, and my timeline slowly gets filled by student work. Uh, so in that element, I, I do think that uh, I mean, I'm using the students work that way. Um, some of my, uh, avatar type powers as well, uh, like the curator type, or maybe it's, uh, I think it's the executive type. They will, uh, get a card called an extra duty card. So if they go out and find primary sources to put up on the timeline, uh, they also get paid for that. I think they, I give them some gold for that. So they, they get rewarded for doing that extra work. Um, so there, there, I guess are I do use students more than, uh, than I thought I did.
0: Yeah. i make them in my room (laughs) yeah the the reality is we all need that student help right yeah uh so our next one we adam and i will admit this does not come from any one of you though it is in my crew question uh document um and so the next two questions come from everyone uh we have how do you get parents on board uh, that one, like I said, comes from every time we both present, that's a, that's a reoccurring question.
1: That's almost the first question that I get, especially when I talk about the, the grading system. Um, the best thing that I've done with parents is just talk to them. Um, I know that sounds like a very simple answer, but, uh, we usually have a back to school night. And when student, when I have parents come in and ask me, Uh, what the class is like or why am I using these game mechanics. Uh, I usually ask them what their favorite game is first, and then we start talking about the game, and then we can talk about why they like playing that game so much. So, And then talking to them about the the way the class works and and why I like to use my grades instead of the traditional grading system, they usually walk away pretty comfortable with what we're doing.
0: Yeah, that's a really nice little trick you do there. (laughs) Um, Switching in uh, the conversation more to the games they like to play. Uh, Even
1: with, like older, older people, you know, they don't think of themselves as gamers. Uh, but I know I have family members that will spend three hours on Sunday doing the, the the crossword puzzle. Well, that's still a game. It's just, they're using the mastery mechanic instead of, um, you know, some of these other mechanics. So we're all gamers in some sense.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Uh, for me, I'm the answers pretty similar like I try to let parents know what I'm doing. So back to school nights big, I usually send home like sort of a beginning of the school year sort of letter and it talks a little bit about both gamification and my purpose-driven learning and why those are two great ones. This year I started a parent YouTube channel where I've been uh, helping them understand better what's going on in my classroom. That's been nice. Um, so I mean, I just think, like everything with parents, it's just greater communication. Um, and I take a whole lot of solace in the fact that no system's perfect. So I think the parents that are mm, the hardest, the ones that give us the hardest time gamifying are the ones where their student is very successful in a traditional model. So they don't want the model to change. Um, That's true. And I think that, like, us as educators have to, like, embrace the fact that, like, this is our wheelhouse. Like, we know what we're doing is good for them. And we know that it isn't that challenge that that student, that whatever perfect scoring student, because they're good at traditional school, still needs to be stretched like the other ones. And, like, maybe they haven't been stretched, you know, because of that. So, if this is the one gamified class they have to take in their life, I think that's good for them.
1: Yeah, that's a, a nice way of thinking about it. We talk a lot about uh, compliance versus uh, uh, quality, right? Yeah. So, are, are they getting good grades just because they're good at, you know, playing the game of school and uh, asking for extra credit and, and that, or are they actually like growing as a as a person as a student?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, very similar question. Uh, so these are going to be a little more quick answer, but a one that comes from everyone. Is how does our admin feel about this teaching style?
1: Uh, I took this proposal to my admin four or five years ago, and her first question actually was, How are you going to get the girls involved? So, luckily, I'd been doing a lot of pre prep for it, and <laughs> uh, I was able to say, You know, according to uh, this thinker, um, girls are just as engaged by games, and 98% of students are gamers now. Um, when my admin realized that I wasn't just going to have them play video games in the classroom, uh, while there is kind of a time and place for some of that, uh, when she realized that it was just sort of an addition to what we're going to be doing and more of an engagement mechanic, uh, then she was all on board, especially when she knew that it would be both girls and boys, and that the data really suggested that um, it it was going to be sort of for everybody and not just one one subgroup.
0: Yeah. Uh, My admin... I I think my admin was more okay with it I I teach at an independent school uh where we're all t- trying to like do some of the latest pedagogy and always implementing new things and so to her this was just another new thing I don't think she thought much of it um I think when some parents started to question and this is maybe why I'm so strong about like grade points and game points separate you know some I think some early, like, first-year parents were wondering, like, oh, you know, my kid's not a gamer. Or, um, oh, my kid didn't do so well on a game-related task. Does this mean he's going to fail history? You know, blah, blah. And, you know, every time I could tell my administrator, like, nope, like, that's not the case. And, you know, I would email the parents. And, you know, that all died down over the course of time. But once the administrator really knew, that one that this is sound pedagogy. Two that it's about engagement. That I'm not just playing video games, which is such a misconception. I think I think there are still people at my school that think like, oh, you're you're the class they just play games all day. And it's like, no, like not right. not at all. Like I, in fact, you probably play more games than I do. Like because some of these teachers play like review games and cahoots, you know, like every every other day or something to memorize like vocab terms or something. And I'm like, you probably play more games than I do.
1: Right. It uh, definitely is more about using the mechanics and, and trying to get the students involved that way. Yeah. yeah.
0: I wish we could. Um, that's what we're doing right here. I mean, you got to make that pitch to people that it's, it's about the game mechanics and it's about course design laid out like a game designer. But you're still a teacher, right? So it's course design as a game designer. Um, it's just thinking differently about your class and thinking differently of how the students will move through your class and interact with your class. Um, yeah,
1: uh, that was one of the first things that I told her too. Um, was was talking about how gamification and, and game design really allows you to think of the student as sort of the, the center of the universe. Yeah. Uh, when a kid logs onto a game, they are they are making the choices that impact everything in the in the um, the game. So if we think of the student, every individual student is needing to be able to make those choices in the universe. That really switches your mindset about what am I going to be doing today to. How can I engage every student today? Uh, and that was really helpful to, to be able to point it out that way.
0: And a great mindset to have. Uh, so we are now into reflection time. And today we have a quote by John Locke. And I'm super excited to talk about that. <laughs> I, I am a philosopher or a philosophy major, not a philosopher. Big difference. Uh, education begins the gentleman, but reading, good company, and reflection must finish him. That really goes well with today's mailbag questions. Uh, how does that hit you, Adam?
1: When I when I heard the quote, um, it reminded me of everything that the uh, community is about, uh, because we're we're all educated and we've all started off as good teachers and um, or. We all began as sort of a novice teacher, and it's by, you know, engaging with these communities, listening to podcasts, uh, engaging with the chats and uh, making new connections, uh, and then really having to sit and think about what was discussed and, and how we're practicing in the classroom. Um, it made it sound like the sort of a perfect quote for for what we're doing here.
0: Wow, I love it. So your answer is about the the importance of engaging in the a community of educators to really, like, refine you and finish you. Um, when I heard the quote, the first thing that jumped to my mind is the students and how, like, traditional school could be the education, right? Like, yes, I can get my students to memorize some things. I can give them a worksheet. I can give them a handout. I can give them a test. But that just begins the gentleman. But it's this like the the second part of the quote the reading the good company and the reflection so i think the reading as like our quests you know like going and doing things good company is the like companionship and camaraderie that's built in a gamified thing and then the reflection being you know that they're constantly getting feedback and data from things like the you know the badges the xp the leaderboards my own self giving them you know, feedback their own reflection on how to do better that next time on that quest that they sort of failed. And that, all of that is what finishes them.
1: What, so cool that we heard the same quote and had two different thoughts on it. I love that interpretation of it. Um, you know, so much of of uh, gamified classroom is getting the students interacting and getting them reflecting on what they've already learned, and uh, that that immediate feedback loop uh, of what they uh, have
0: done well and what they need to improve upon. That's excellent. Yeah, that's, that's really fun that we both, you know, similar answer but different answer. Well, uh, once again, Adam, thanks for joining us on Well Played.
1: Well, thanks for having me on. It's a fun time.
0: It is always a pleasure, and uh, let's keep the conversation going. Don't forget, uh, you listeners out there, to check out explorelikeapirate.com. Also, check out hashtag XPLAP and Adam. We have a host here for hashtag XPLAP camp. Check that out. Uh, also, would love it if you guys looked at my new YouTube channel and see some of the videos on there and you know, answers a lot of these questions. If you have other questions that you want well-played community or Lab or my YouTube channel to sort of answer, uh, I have a Google form you can fill out and it is on tinyurl.com slash xplap crew questions. I'll have a link posted below, but check that out. Write in some, some of your own questions. Uh, thanks for listening. It is always an honor having you listen, learn, and play with us.